thanks for bringing us into a brand new month. Amen. Oh, I said we thank God for bringing us into a brand new month. The month of September. Now, one thing you should know about the month of September is that September is the ninth month, which is the betting month. Hallelujah. So, whatever you have been pregnant with from January, you have to give birth before the end of this month. Prophesy to your neighbor sitting next to you and say that I am going to give birth to my baby. Or say like you mean it, I'm going to give birth to my baby. Hallelujah. Because I am going, the Bible says in Isaiah 66, shall I cause you to, I, the Lord who gives babies, who delivers babies, shall I bring you to the place of delivery and not give you your child? Hallelujah. God will definitely give you the dream that you are believing God for in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. Psalm Sorry, 1 Samuel chapter 10. 1 Samuel chapter number 10. We are going to read from verse 1 through to verse number 9. 1 Samuel chapter 10. We are going to read from verse 1 through to chapter verse 9. Sorry. Then Samuel took a flax of oil and poured it on Saul's head and kissed him, saying, Has not the Lord anointed you ruler over his inheritance? When you leave me today, you will meet two men near Rachel's tomb at Zelzah on the border of Benjamin that they will say to you, the donkeys that you set out to look for have been found and now your father has stopped thinking about them and is worried about you. He is asking, what shall I do? about my son then you will go on to from there until you reach the great tree of Tabor Two, three men going up to worship God at Bethel will meet you there one will be carrying three young goats another will be carrying three loaves of bread and another a skin of wine they will greet you and offer you two loaves of bread which will be which you will accept from them. After that, you will go to the to Gilbert of God, where the, there's a Philistine outpost. As you approach the town, you will meet a procession of prophets coming down from the high place with lyre, timbrel, pipes, and harps being played before them, and they will be prophesying. The Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you and you prophesy with them and you will be changed into another man once these signs are fulfilled do whatever your hands find to do for God is with you go down ahead of me to Gilgal I will surely come down to you to sacrifice burnt offerings and fellowship offerings but you must wait seven days until I come to you and tell you what to do, what you are to do. Verse 9, as Saul turned to leave Samuel, God changed Saul's heart and all these signs were fulfilled. Here ends the reading of his holy word. 
I want to talk or introduce the subject turned into another man, or if you like, transformed into another man. We are talking our um, subject for to, uh, this month is transformation. Somebody say transformation. And I want us to look at verse number six. Let's read verse six together again. Verse number six together as a family. Are you ready? Let's read. Ready, go. I can't hear you at all. Read it loudly. Ready, go. Hallelujah. It says that then the spirit of the Lord will come upon you and you will prophesy with them and be transformed into another man. Be changed into another man. The word turned into another man in the Hebrew is the word hapak. Hapak. So if you like, another name for this month is the month of hapak. That's H-A-P. A.K. Hapak, which means to be converted or to be changed, to perverse and to the perverse to the contrary, to be turned about or turned over. Hallelujah. To be turned about or turned over. To be changed on the contrary. The dictionary definition for transformation is a marked change in the form or nature or appearance. Hallelujah. The whole idea of Christianity is about transformation. When you are born again, it is your spirit that is born anew. Your nature remains the same. Your habits are the same. Your likes are the same. If they are being transformed daily, as we interact with God, as we begin to um, interact and fellowship with God, he transforms us to become like him. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? The Bible says in James chapter 1, I think verse, verse 21 down, it says that as the word of God is engrafted in us, we, are, we, we, we take that grafting and we begin to look like him. Are you with me? But if we don't look, we don't accept the word of God that is preached, we are like the one who looks in the mirror and then goes home and as soon as he goes, he forgets the way he looks like. Hallelujah. Because as you are looking into the mirror of the word, you are supposed to reflect God, not reflect yourself. I don't know whether you understood that. As you look in the mirror of the word, you are supposed to be changed to look like God. So as we keep coming to uh, church, we keep reading the Bible, we keep hearing messages, God's aim for, trans- for, for, for us to be in the house of God all the time is for us to be changed. That is why one, you, you can't say that as I'm born again, but I'm going to sit at home because I'm going to worship God in my own home. God is in my heart. I worship God. Have you heard that, those statements before? No, no. You are somebody who needs transformation. And you need to be in a place where you'll be transformed. Hallelujah. So my, the aim of this whole month, the aim of this uh, message we are, we are starting to look at this week is for us to understand that transformation is necessary so that we can embrace transformation 
as it comes. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. To embrace transformation and to accept transformation. That by the time God is done with you, your mind will be renewed. Your life will be renewed. You will be turned into another man. Amen. God's whole idea of saving you is because he wants to do something with your life. But God cannot do that thing with your life the way you are. Hallelujah. So you need to be changed. Saul was a guy who had been sent by his father to go and look for some missing donkeys. He was going about looking for his father's, he was about his father's business. They they, they used to rear uh, donkeys and uh, livestock. And as he was doing uh, the father's livestock, got missing. And the father sent him, go and look for my livestock. So as he went there, he didn't go with any other agenda. His agenda was to go and do something. But God had a plan for his life. Hallelujah. I said God had a plan for his life. In case you are wondering, God also has a plan for your life. You think that you are going about your normal duties, but in your normal duties, God has a purpose and God has a plan for you. So God will have to arrest you. And when God arrests you, you, the way you are, God can't use you. You have to be transformed. God couldn't use Saul to be a king and a prophet the way he was. They needed to have transformation. Amen. Because without transformation, he was never going to be a king. He was never going to be a prophet. Amen. So the the prophet said that, go ahead of me. As you are going, you are going to meet some people. You are going to see some things. And the thing that is going to happen is that you will see some guys who are going and they are worshiping and prophesying. And you will join them to prophesy, even though you are not a prophet. And the spirit of God will come upon you and the spirit of God will transform you. Hallelujah. In other words, it is God who transforms. I don't know whether you understood what I said. It is God who transforms. No man can transform you. Hallelujah. That is why our um, New Year's resolutions don't work. How many have done New Year's resolutions And uh, you have decided, I won't do this again. And before you realize, you are doing it. I won't drink, fizzy drink again. Before you realize. Oh, I I shouldn't go there. Okay, Let let me stay here. There is no transformation outside of God. Hallelujah. We need God. You see, God is the initiator and orchestrator of transformation. God was the one who initiated the transformation of Saul. We are using Saul as a case study. But I want you to know that the Saul in the scripture we are looking at is you. So insert your name instead of Saul. And understand that just as you are minding your own business, going back and forth, either with your school, with your job, with your family, with your life, doing your business, God has a purpose and a plan for you. And God is going to reach you. Hallelujah. We are, we are told that anyone who is born of God, it becomes a new creation. First John 5, 17. All things are passed away. All things have become what? Become what? First Corinthians 5, is it? Five seventeen. Second Corinthians, sorry. All things have become 
new. All things have passed away. All things have become new. What that scripture is saying that your old nature is passing, not has passed. It's a process. See, sometimes we read the scripture and we get confused because we feel that all things have passed away now become new. And so we struggle because you're supposed to be new, but you are old. Things are supposed to change, but it hasn't changed yet. So you begin to feel guilty when you come to church because the, ah, the things I used to do, I do them, no, no, but you are struggling to do them. How many understand what I'm saying? Not you, but you know somebody like that. But understand that it's a process. Transformation is a process. You are being transformed. So allow yourself to be transformed. A lot of us, the reason why transformation doesn't work with us is because we think that because we are Christians, we should be automatically transformed. So there's no working to be done. Have you ever gone to the gym and you think you know more than the gym instructor? How many have done that before? Or how many know somebody who has done that before? That person will never ever lose weight or will never ever achieve anything because they already feel that they can do it. And they don't know what to do, but they think they know what to do. Because they are not following instructions. I've seen people who go to the gym and they will never go go for any instructor. They go and they start lifting things. Anything they, they find around and they injure themselves or they do it a few times, get bored and stop. That is how some people live their Christian lives. They try to do things by themselves and they get fed up. They get a bit uh, frustrated and then they stop. They don't realize that it is a process. Our transformation is a process. Every day, every week, every moment, God is renewing us day by day. And you shall be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Hallelujah. Your mind has to be renewed. How can your mind be renewed? You have to start thinking differently. How can you start thinking differently? You have to be challenged. Your old way of thinking has to be challenged. Where would it be challenged? When you come to the house of God. So you must put yourself in a situation where your mind can be changed. As for me, this is how I am. Nothing can change me. Talk and see whether you can change me. You are not a candidate for transformation. 2 Corinthians 3.18 But we all, with unveiled faces, beholding us in a mirror, the glory of God, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. He says that all of us, we have it, it's like our faces are covered. The real you has not appeared yet. Because God is working on you. God is doing the makeup. Have you seen somebody who looks one way and when the makeup is done, they look differently? Oh, I haven't mentioned, please. I want, I want to be happy in church. Don't, help, don't spoil my, my sermon. How many know what I'm talking about? They, they look a certain way. But when the makeup is done, it's like, is that the same person? I remember somebody came to, somebody came, was it last week for the wedding? And uh, I walked past the person. 
I haven't called anybody's name, please. Oh, people are showing people on the... Why? I walked past the person. I didn't realize there was somebody I knew. I didn't realize it was my own daughter. I walked past her. Then she was laughing. It's like, I recognized the laughter, but I didn't recognize the face. So I looked. Is that you? So I took a picture. I said, from today, if I don't see this picture every Sunday, and I see the old you, you'll be in trouble. I haven't mentioned any names. Don't look anywhere. Just look at me. Don't react. Just smile. Nobody will know I'm talking about you. Hallelujah. Because, because you see, as your face is, the real you is covered. Nobody has seen you yet. Tell your neighbor, you haven't seen me yet. You haven't seen me yet because my face is unveiled. It's unveiled. It, it, it's covered. And see, as God works on my makeup, then the glory is being revealed from glory to glory. I am being transformed. My life is becoming better and better and better as the makeup is applied. Hallelujah. As God applies the makeup on me, my life is being transformed. So allow him to apply the makeup. Have you seen somebody who they are trying to make the face up and they are, they are shaking and they are fidgeting and they are busy arguing with somebody and they are by the time you realize they put that thing, the allies is, is like up to there because they are in a busy arguing with somebody else. Some of us, that's how we are. As we come to church, the pastor is preaching. We are fighting. We are fighting the, the message in our heart. And we are fighting that the makeup is now, you are looking like a caricature. Because you are not sitting still and accept the word to transform your life. Hallelujah. But we all, with unveiled faces, beholding us in the mirror, the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image. Whose image? The image of God. We are transforming to become like him. Hallelujah. And so we need to allow him to do his work in us. Amen. We need to allow him to finish the work he has started in us. Now, how is the transformation process going to happen? I'm just going to start. I don't know. I don't think I'll finish today. I'll continue next week. How is the transformation going to start? The transformation is going to start this way. Crisis. Somebody say crisis. Crisis is the pull factor towards the God transformation. Crisis or need is a pull factor. Saul was with his father Kish in their home town or home country, and he was not looking for any prophet. He was not looking for anything. He was happy until crisis struck. The father's donkeys got missing, and that's the the donkeys got missing. It pulled him out of his house because his father said that, go and look for the donkeys. Hallelujah. In chapter 1 verse, chapter 9 verse 3, that's First Samuel chapter 9 verse 3. It says, and now the donkeys of Kish. 
Saul's father were lost. And Kish said to his son Saul, Please take one of the servants with you and arise and go look for the donkeys. Hallelujah. God works things out. Bible says that all things are working together for the good of them that love the Lord. For them that are the called according to his purpose. Hallelujah. All things. Some people get to find God when they get a broken heart. Some get to uh, find God when they lose someone dear. Some get to find God because they traveled out of their home country to, to study in a place like this. And somebody met them on the wayside and spoke to them about God and they, they find themselves here. Whatever the need was that brought you, remember that the crisis or the need is not because God, because God wants to punish you, but it's because God wants to attract your attention. If God had sent the prophet to go to Kish's house to speak to Saul, I don't think Saul would have responded positively. Are you with me? God had to draw him out of his father's house, out of his comfort zone, out of the place of his familiar uh, uh, station and circumstances, draw him out to a country and a place where he didn't have any choice. You read on and see that when, as they went there, they got frustrated. They got frustrated. Let's read on. Let's read on the story from verse 3. Let's read verse 4. So he passed through the mountains of Ephraim and through the land of Cilicia, uh, but they did not find them. And they passed through the land of Salem and they were not, they were not there. And he passed through the land of the Benjamites, but they did not find them. Can you see that? It's, it's frustrating. When they had come to the land of Zob, the, uh, Saul said to his servant, come, who was with him? Like, let's come on, let's return. This thing is getting a bit frustrating. Let, let's, our father sees caring about these donkeys and become worried about us. Let's leave it and go. And he said, no, look, there, is a, there in this city is a man of God. He's an honorable man. All he says surely comes to pass. Let us go there. Perhaps he can show us the way we should go. The second thing, the second thing about transformation is you need a man of God. Hallelujah. You need a man of God. No transformation can happen without a man of God. In Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15, I will give you Pastors, according to my heart, who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Hallelujah. There is nobody who can be successful in the gym without a gym instructor. There is nobody who can successfully lose weight without a gym a trainer. Because the trainer will help you meet certain targets. The trainer will help you to keep you on your toes. The trainer will help you to, to set certain uh, discipline to follow. Hallelujah. A lot of us don't want to align ourselves to any man of God. Especially in this day and age. So you belong to five different churches. You have five different pastors. None of, you, none of them really pastor you. You like listening to their messages, but you don't do anything they tell you to do. You, none of them is accountable for your life. That is why transformation is hard for you. Am I talking to somebody? 
Is there anybody you can point to and say, this is my man of God. This is the one who can tell me to sit down and I sit down. Is there anybody in your life who can say, this is the one who says that I should do this and I'll do it. Or you are too big and too old to be instructed. Perhaps that's the reason why you are struggling with transformation. Everybody needs somebody to talk to him. Everybody needs a teacher. Everybody, you can never become a doctor without a teacher. Even the teacher needs a teacher to teach him to become a teacher. And even the teacher's teacher needs a teacher to teach him to become a teacher's teacher. Oh, you don't like what I'm saying? Yeah. I have never been a bishop before. So I need a bishop to bishop me to become a good bishop. Do you understand what I'm saying? I've never been, I may have been a pastor before for many years. But to be an overseer, a general overseer of many churches, you need somebody who has been there to tell you, don't do this, do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that. So everybody needs a teacher. Hallelujah. So he said, let us go to the man of God. Let us identify with him. He will instruct us. Hallelujah. Never ever be a Christian who is like a wild goat. Nobody can rein you in. The Bible says that the Lord is my shepherd, which means that God deals with sheep, not goats. If you are a Christian, you must be a sheep of his pasture. Bible says we are the sheep of his pasture. Goats are independent. Sheep are very dependent on the shepherd. Am I making sense? Hello? Today you are very unusually quiet. I don't know. Then maybe I'm preaching better than you are amening. So it's making me feel that I'm not preaching well. The tiredness. I am more tired than you. Don't bring yourself. <laughs> Hallelujah. How many are learning something? Yeah. Never ever be a Christian who hasn't got somebody who speaks into your life. Just this morning, I received an instruction around 4 a.m. from my pastor. He says something, something, something. He sent an account. He said, pay money into that account. And as I was reading it, I said to myself, how many of my sons can I call them and say something, something, pay money into that account? At four in the morning. I I was thinking it. I'm, I'm thinking it now. How many people here or elsewhere can I call or, or send a WhatsApp message uh, with an uh, uh, um, account number, I say, put money here. Now, you must be a certain type of son for somebody to confidently send a text to you and say, put money here. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. Because you need a man of God. Nobody's an island. 
Hallelujah. I say nobody is an island. Let's go on. Let's read on. I don't know how far we are going to go today. Verse, what verse did we get to? First Samuel 9. 9, 6. Okay. We've done 6, so we are 7. Then Saul said to his servant, Look, if we go there, what do we bring to the man? To the man? For the bread in our vessels is all gone, and there's no present to bring to the man. What do we have? So there's, there's something in there, but I'm not going to go in there. Never ever operate with your man of God empty-handed. The modern-day Christian, that's how we operate. We receive and never give anything. That is why the transaction is not complete. I don't know. I don't want to go in there because that's not why I, I, I'm preaching this message. <laughs> but always complete the interaction. In Galatians 6, it says, if I have preached to you good things, is there anything for me to demand good things? Uh, I've committed spiritual things to you. Is there any for you to give me physical things? But I'm not holding that against you. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? Because for the transaction to complete, because you need a man of God to, to help in your transformation process. Are you with me? And, and like a personal instru- instru- uh, instructor in the gym, if you go to the person and they're working for you and you don't pay them, the transaction is not complete. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? In the world, it won't even start. But in the house of God, we, we all, one, we, we, Satan has made us think that they are thieves anyway. And they are in this thing for money. So immediately we don't, that side is equate, taken out of the equation. That is why transformation doesn't totally finish. The equation doesn't work because one variable is taken out. I don't know whether you understand the, the mathematics there. So Galatians 6, 6 says that let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. So it says that we are going to the man of God. As we are going, we need to take something, either food or flask or whatever, money or something. Let's take something to go and give him so that he can minister to us spiritually. Hallelujah. Let's read on. Let's go back to the story. The servant answered, look, I have in my hand a fourth of a shekel of silver. I will give that to the man of God to tell us our way. Hallelujah. He says, I'm going to give you, I don't have any much, but I have something small. You let's go with that thing. Amen. That thing is nothing, but let's go with it. I am sure that the man will look at it and he will be okay with it. So connect with your man of God. Have that contact. Amen. Have that contact. Amen. And let's go on. Verse number, what verse are we on? So let's jump, let's jump to verse uh, 14 so that we don't waste time. So they went up to the city and there they were coming 
into the city, there was Samuel coming out, coming towards them. Outward towards them on, on his way to the high place. Verse 15. Now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear. Somebody say the Lord has told Samuel in his ear. The day before that Saul, before Saul came, saying, Tomorrow about this time, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin, and you shall anoint him commander over my people, that he may save my people from the hand of the Philistines. For I have looked upon my people because their cry has come to me. Hallelujah. The next thing is hearing God talk into your ear. For transformation to happen, you need to hear God talk or speak into your ear. How many know that most of the time, 99.8% of the time, what the pastor is telling you is what God has already told you. How many understand what I'm saying? Sometimes you are struggling with something to do and then some, the, the man of God just says something and it resonates with your spirit because it's something that you already you have heard in your ear. You just need confirmation. So transformation starts when you hear in your ear. Some of us, our hearing has been impaired. Because the previous things God has told you, you have never done them. So now they, they, that some, something told me doesn't happen to you. Some, how many know that something told me? Something told me to do something. You see, that's something telling you to do something. If you don't do it, you don't do the first thing, the second thing, the third, the fourth thing, that something stops talking. That something doesn't talk to you any longer. Because the instruction that there's something has been telling you, you've never ever. You came to church. Something told you to give a certain amount of money. You didn't obey it. Something told you to go somewhere. You didn't go. Something told you to do something. You didn't do it. Something told you that after a while, that something stops talking. And when that something stops talking, transformation ceases. Hallelujah. You need to hear God in your ear. So that that's the uh, man of God's instruction is a confirmation. Amen. No, no, nobody will prophesy to you something you have never been the a real, a spirit already dealing with you. Your, your spirit will reject it. Yesterday, I, I was praying for this young man. I've never seen him before. I've never ever had any conversation with him. But I knew that what I was telling him, he already knew. I, I, I just knew that what I was telling him, he already knew. He was, it was something he was struggling and he been struggling for years with. And all he needed was a prophet to tell him that this thing that you are hearing, that's, is this something is me. I don't know whether you're getting what I'm saying. So when I, I was praying with, for him and I said to him, what God has already been telling him, he knew in his heart. I mean, I knew in my heart that this thing is a confirmation of what he already knew. 
most prophecies, 99.8% of prophecies or any instruction any man of God will give you, something you have already been dealing, God has already gone ahead and dealt with you. You are struggling to do it and he's just confirmed to you. Hallelujah. So you need to hear God in your ear. If you are deaf, you cannot be transformed. Spiritually, if you are deaf, God can't do anything with you. You need to hear and you need to be, do what God is telling you. Amen. Let's read on. Let's read on. Where are we? Are, are you on the journey to transformation? Yeah. yeah. You know, Saul, remember Saul in Acts chapter 9? When Saul encountered God on the road to, to Damascus, Saul is another person we'll be looking at later on in this series. He, he was instructed to go to a certain place and go and wait. And he said, a man will come and tell him something, what to do. And God spoke into the ear of Ananias that go and speak to this. So when Ananias knocked on the door and went in, Saul already knew that somebody was coming to pray for me. Are you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So the, 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 the thing that you need to hear in your ear before the word of God is spoken is very paramount. For transformation to happen, you need that spirit within you to bear witness to the spirit of God coming. Bible says in Romans 8 that the spirit within us bears witness with the spirit that we are sons of God. Hallelujah. So you need that. Let's go on quickly. It's my time up. Or I can do a few more. Sorry? Okay, now, verse, okay, 70. Let's read. So Saul drew there and he said to the man who spoke to him that this is the, go on, verse 18. Then Saul, then Saul drew near to Samuel in the gate and said, Please tell me where the seer's house, where is the seer's house? And Samuel answered and said, I am the seer. Go up to the high place, for you shall eat with me today, and tomorrow I will let you go, and I will tell you what's in your heart. Verse number 20. But as for the donkeys that were lost three days ago, do not be anxious about them, for they have been found, and on, on whom it's all the desire of Israel. Is it not on you and on your father's house? Distraction. Someone say distraction. The thing that will stop transformation taking place is distraction. In Saul's case, he was so anxious about his father's donkeys that he, that thing had distracted him from what was happening to him. He didn't realize that he was living a prophecy. He didn't realize that this moment was moment that has been recorded for history. How many understand that this, how many thousands of years ago? This story happened. It's like a normal day or, or daily occurrence. But this particular time, his history was being recorded. Because the greatest prophet that ever lived 
was talking to him about his destiny and his future. But he was distracted because of donkeys. And the donkeys had been found anyway. How was he to know? He was anxious. Bible says that be anxious for nothing. Don't allow anxiety, don't allow day-to-day stresses uh, to to steal the gift of God. Bible says that the sower sowed into the thorns. And when the seed came, the thorns pricked the seedling and killed it. Sometimes we are being killed by distractions. Oh, I don't know whether you understood what I'm saying. We are being killed by the bills that are coming, the uh, red letters that are coming. Bailiffs are threatening you. Your landlord is threatening you. Somebody is saying something. Somebody is, you know, somebody is writing to you. I, I mean, <laughs> I had a very interesting uh, scenario. Somebody called me and said that they were about to be operated on. They were in the emergency room, they were being operated on. And they needed money to complete the operation. They had started the operation. They needed money to complete the operation. We were driving. Myself and my wife were driving. And as we were driving, I said that I am not going to take this from you. Take the phone and let somebody else call me to confirm your story. And then I'll send the money. Within how many minutes? About less than two minutes. Somebody who says they are in an emergency room in the theater, the person managed to give the phone to the person who I needed confirmation from. The doctor stopped the, the, the surgery for the person to take a taxi and go all the way across town to go and meet this person. For the person to call me. Magic. <laughs> all those things are distractions. People are working their own little schemes. I mean, I knew the guy was lying, but I sent him the money anyway. Because for me, the effort to scheme was, was deserving of some money. <laughs> I mean, to think that you are, you are the, and the, the, it's like, oh, my, my phone is not working. I got a cleaner in the hospital's phone to put my, I said, like, the whole thing was so complex. All of a sudden, they managed to get the, across to the town for me to speak to the person. Who needed confirmation? I needed confirmation for. And some reason, the person also confirmed. I was like, oh, this whole thing was. The effort was like, no, this effort is deserving of something, so you take it. This one, I don't know whether it's a fact. I don't know if the faxes taxi would have gone from that across town. I don't think. Beware of distractions. Hallelujah. Don't allow. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Don't let anxiety, don't let stress, don't let anything distract you from what God is doing in your life. Hallelujah. Whatever God is doing in your life, you need focus. 
you need focus. You need to learn how to focus on God. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We cannot run with patience the, the race that is set before us if we don't look unto Jesus. If we allow ourselves to be distracted, we will lose the race. We will fall. Can you imagine an athlete who is running and is looking at the, somebody who is in the uh, stands drinking milkshake? And you are doing hurdles. And instead of concentrating, you are doing the hurdles and you are looking at the people. You are not going anywhere. Hallelujah. You need focus. For transformation to happen, you need focus on God. You can't be in church this Sunday. Next Sunday, yeah, I don't feel like going to church. I'm going to watch uh, TV. Then, you, then the following Sunday, okay, today I'm going. Then as you're going, your friend calls you to say that I'm coming with um, some food so we can go to the park for picnic. Then you, you are distracted. How can you be transformed? Hallelujah. Be focused. I say be focused. Tell your, your neighbor he's talking to you now. The day and age we live in, distraction is so easy. As soon as you look on your phone, you get distracted. You just have to, you are trying to go on your phone to send a message and then something pops up. Today I was going to look at something on, on my phone just this morning and then something popped up that there's a heat wave coming. Then me, they are going interested. A heat wave, heat wave. Where is it coming from? So, and when I was, as I was reading a heat wave, then I remember I said, my message today. I said, "Wow, look, you are distracted. Heat wave. What has heat wave got to do with the message?" Hallelujah. Let's finish with the last one. Read on very quick. Let's read on and then finish. We'll continue next week. How many are learning something about transformation? Richard, it's good to see you. It's been a while. Then Saul answered and said, am I not a Benjamite of the smallest tribe? No, no, no. Go back to verse 19 for me. And someone answered Saul and said, I am the seer. Go up before me to the high place for you shall eat with me today and tomorrow I'll let you go and I'll tell you all that is in your heart. As for the donkeys that were lost days ago, do not be anxious for them, for they have been found, found. And on whom is the desire of Israel? Is it not for you and all your father's house? Next verse. And Saul answered and said, Am I not a Benjamite of the smallest tribe of Israel? And my family, the least of all the families of the tribe of Benjamin. Why do you speak like this to me? Hallelujah. What you have to see was that Saul was told by Samuel, the donkeys have been found. Now, your father is anxious about your safety. The father's heart was revealed to Samuel, uh, to Saul. 
he knew the heart of his father. The heart of his father was not about the donkeys. It was about him. You see, until you get to know God's heart towards you, there is no way you will respond to his love. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. If you don't know the heart of a person, you can't respond to their, their love. How many, how many here? Somebody did something nice to you, but in your mind you thought that the person has a bad agenda. So you could not receive the nice thing they were doing. How many know what I'm talking about? In your mind, you felt that, no, this person, I don't trust them. So what, that nice gesture was not received properly. Why? Because you didn't know the heart of the person, so you resisted that good and kind gesture that was done. In the same way, when you don't realize the heart of God towards you, there's no way God's blessing will be received. That's why you need to have the, understand the Father's heart. You need to accept the love of God. You need to accept that God has a plan for your life. It's a plan of good and not of evil to bring you to an expected end. God has a purpose. And if only you can allow yourself to follow on. Bible says that then shall we know if we follow on to know. If you allow God to speak to you, if you allow God to keep talking to you and keep showing his love for you, if you allow and accept his love, then and only then, can transformation start? Stand to your feet. We'll continue next week.